Well, this is a special Sunday. We had a great first service, and, and um, one of the things that made it so great is we, we came together as the church body, and we dedicated little Maple May Carter um, to the Lord, and, and um, she has some special needs, and it was, it was powerful. Like we, This time we invited the whole church up and just surrounded them and loved on that family and prayed for them, and so it was so sweet. So welcome um, to all you guys that are inside. Welcome the folks that are outside and welcome to the folks that are online. We've got more in store for you as well here. Um, we're going to wrap up the whole service with some baptisms that are always really special, and I'm glad that uh, you'll be able to be a part of that too. But if you're new here, we, we talk about what it means to be a follower of Jesus all the time, and uh, Jesus called his followers disciples, disciples, and, and we've defined a disciple as someone who lives and loves and leads like Jesus. That's a disciple, someone who lives and loves and leads like Jesus. And Jesus said that one day he's going to return to the earth and he is going to separate his true disciples from the rest of the people. But how's he going to do that? How's he going to know who the true disciples are and who the other people are? Well, it's going to be based on the fact that people's lives have been changed, that their heads, their hearts, and their hands have been changed. Now, um, with regard to the, to the head, it's, it's because they have acknowledged that Jesus is God, that he came to earth, that he lived, he died, and he rose again to save them from their selfishness, their rebelliousness, and from destructive ways. So with the head, um, with the heart, because that they've come to surrender their lives to Jesus, to acknowledge him as their Lord. And then with their hands, to truly embody what it means to live and to love and to lead like him. And so those are what he calls the sheep. And, and he describes it like this in Matthew 25. This is what um, it's going to look like when he comes again. He said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and, and feed you, or thirsty and, and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or, or needing clothes and clothe you? <clears throat> when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Now, notice that He's describing the, these Jesus followers as sheep and who are serving what he will refer to as, as the least of these. And notice that these people who are, who are doing this, they're, they're not doing it as a, as a means of earning Jesus' approval. They do it because they already have his approval. And they do it just because that's who they are. 
That, that's their new nature. They've received this new nature. And so they're doing all these things. They're like, Jesus, when do we do those things for you? Well, that's just who they are. That's who we are called to be. That's what it looks like when we're living and loving and leading like Jesus. That's our new nature. He goes on and says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he'll say to those on his left, sorry, goats, the, uh, but you guys are the goats right now, but the, uh, always the blessed sheep over here. You guys are still trying to figure it out, I guess. But anyhow, um, this is what he's going to say to the people on his left. He says, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for, for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they'll go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now, we have lots of opportunities around here to serve what Jesus refers to as the least of these. And, and you guys are doing amazing things as, as you do that. Um, I think about some of the ways that we serve through the Achievement Center, right? And we've got the holidays coming up. You'll be um, donating food and, and gifts and things of that nature. That's one of the ways that you guys serve. Uh, I think about Care Portal and, and helping um, some families that are suffering or uh, the rescue mission. I, I, I think about um, places like Straight Street that we serve or uh, Blue Ridge Women's Center. I, I think about some other ways that we, we serve in, in um, regard to fostering and, and adopting needy children around us. Or, or when we give and we have this benevolence fund at the church that we can support and help people that are in need around us. There are just so many ways that um, you guys are already serving the least of these. And you don't do it because of what you're going to get. You just do it because that's who we are, right? That's who we are. That's what we do as we live and love and lead like Jesus. Now, we've got an opportunity for you this morning to also serve some folks that don't live around here, some folks around the world, specifically in the Dominican Republic, through an incredible ministry called Compassion International. Some of you guys are already familiar with that ministry. And so um, we have the privilege to have Esmirna with us. And uh, Esmirna Camposano is, uh, it almost sounds Italian. You know, are you sure you're not Italian? You know, I don't know. But uh, anyhow, she's here from the Dominican Republic, flew in last night, flying right out after this. So I want to invite you, Esmirna, to come up. Her life was changed by some people just like you by some people just like you. And I want you to hear her story and then just see what is God calling you to do now. So as Mirna. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. God bless you all. My name is Esmirna Campuzano, and I'm from Dominican Republic, as the pastor said before. And today, I'm here to share my story about my childhood. So let's know together about a little girl who was born in the Dominican Republic. Uh, and today, my purpose is to be here just talking for those 
that cannot talk. And my story, my story began when I was five years old. I, I was the most happiest girl in the world. And the reason is because I was living with my parents and with my brother. So everything was running pretty well in our life. And, and that was very fine for us. But suddenly, when I turned six years old, my dad decided to leave our house. He didn't say anything. He just stayed his things, and he just fell away from our house. I didn't understand at this moment what was happening, but probably you are thinking, if I remember that moment, because right now I'm 26, but I have that picture on my mind, that exactly day when he decided to leave our house, and he didn't say anything about it. And for that reason, my mom started to be single mom. Uh, we have to move at that moment to one of the poorest communities in the Dominican Republic called Villa Maria. So here is a little video that I want to show you, and I want to share with you how this community looks like. And I remember my neighbors, they were prostitution, drug seller, drug consumer. So that was the environment that I was involved at this time. Here is some of the picture, how these houses looks like in Villa Maria. That was the name of the community. And I remember for a while, my mom and my brother, we have to move to my aunt's house in Villa Maria because my mom didn't have enough money to pay rent uh, in this neighborhood. But we were living in a very tiny house, so six people, because my aunt, she was single mom too, and she has two boys. So now it was two single moms and four kids in a tiny house, just one bedroom for the six of us. But thanks God, my mom was a good cooker. So she, she knows how to cook, and she got an idea, and she said, like, I have an idea to bring money to our house, and what I'm going to do is to, to cook arepa. Arepa is a Dominican cake in the, in the Dominican Republic, very famous and very delicious. So anytime that you go to the DR, you can let me know, and you can try arepa. So, and my mom started to sell arepa in the Dominican Republic in juice. And that sounds like good right now, but at this moment, it was not, because my mom had to go with my brother and I to the street and to set arepa and juice on the street. So, so many days we have to wait on the corner and to sit until she finished with a, with a, with a cell, just to bring some money to our house to, to eat. And here are some of the pictures that I have from my childhood that I want to share with you. And the first thing is bread and egg. That's something that sounds delicious. But when you have to repeat it three times in a day, it's not delicious. So that's by nutrition. And that was what we were having at this moment. And the reason is because that's a very cheap uh, food in the Dominican Republic. It's very easy to get it. And we have bread and egg for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner. So every day. And the other picture that I have is my broken shoes. I have to go with my broken shoes to school. But sometimes my broken shoes, they were dead. So my mom had to lend me her shoes to go to school. And the uniform, in the Dominican Republic, we use uniform to go to school. And we, I have to go with the same uniform every school year. And I didn't have school supplies, no medicine, and no insurance. But something that started happening in our life 
is that we met the local church in, in the community. That is called Asamblea de Dios Central in Villa Maria. So in this church, it was a compassion center. And in the compassion center, at this moment, they was needing for a cooker. They was looking for someone to cook. And that was my mom. Remember, she's a good cooker. So she started working with compassion center. And through her, I started being part of the compassion. But at this moment, I felt very lost emotionally, spiritually, economically, no hope, and no exit. And the reason is because when you start in the compassion center, you don't have a sponsor automatically. You are in a waiting list, and then you have to wait for someone to choose you to, to have a sponsor. But I remember something good in the Compassion Center is the, the food that they have over there, because all the time they have food in the Compassion Center. Here, that's a picture of me eating rice, finally, chicken, and beans. If you look at me, I'm a person that likes to eat. I don't know the reason why, but that's something that I like it. And at this moment, I just go to the Compassion Center to eat. That was like my food club. And uh, that was a very special time for me. But even though I felt lost, but this time it was spiritually, emotionally, no hope at this moment, and no exit. But I remember a day I was in my classroom with my classmates. And then suddenly, the secretary came to our classroom with a waiting list of all the kids that was waiting for someone to sponsor them. And if she go to your classroom and she mention your name, it means that you got a sponsor. And everybody was expecting what name she's gonna mention. That's very like, let's call magical time for the kids because everybody want a sponsor in the Compassion Center. And suddenly she says, Smyrna. And I will never forget that day because that was one of the happiest day in the Compassion Center because she told me, Smyrna, someone in North Carolina sponsored you. And I, I remember my life started to change at this moment because I started having communication with them through letters. But even though I felt lost, but this time it was just emotionally and spiritually. And I remember some of the letters that I received from my sponsor, it was for introduction, for my birthday, for when I was sick, for, uh, for New Year celebration, beginning a school year, and for prayer. And there's a letter that I will never forget, and it's the first one, that they introduced me, and they say, Smyrna, we want to welcome you to our family, and we want you to know that from now on, you're gonna grow with us. And at the end of this letter, they write a phrase. And it was, Smyrna, we love you. So that very marked my life. And the reason is because my mom, she was pretty busy on the street, on the Compassion Center, like making money. So she didn't have time to tell me, Smyrna, I love you. Never when I was a, a child. And my dad, he was not at home to tell me I love you. And that's something very important when you are a kid that marked your life. And I know that they take this chance to cry to me, Smyrna, we love you. And at the end, they finish with a question asking me, Smyrna, how we can pray for you? So they were open to know what I was dealing through at this moment. And after this, 
When I was 12 years old, I got dengue fever. Something that is happening right now in the Dominican Republic, there are many kids uh, dying for dengue fever. Uh, so I just want to, to ask you to pray for, for that in the Dominican Republic. And at this moment, we were dealing with dengue fever too. And I got sick. I spent 16 days in the hospital. And five of those, it was an intensive curse. So this moment were very dark for my family and I because we didn't see like any exit at this moment. So I remember all the people that know Smyrna, they, was pray they were praying for me. That church, the Compassion Center, my friends, my classmates, everyone, they were praying for me because the only thing that the doctor says, it was, you have to pray because Smyrna is gonna die. And at this moment, my mom, she was pretty worried. And she just cried, cried, and cried. And thanks God, God made a miracle. And he gave me another opportunity to live. I'm right here, thanks God. And I remember when God made a miracle and everything was done, you have to pay in the hospital. You cannot run away. You have to pay. And my mom had no idea where this money will come from. But thanks God, the project director, who was a pastor's wife, she was there with my mom, and she said, hey, mom, don't worry. We're going to pay for this, and we're going to pay the treatment that Smyrna is going to need from now on and all the medicine that she's going to need. And thanks God, my mom could pay uh, in the hospital with this help that, that we had at this moment. So here is Neil Cowger. She was the pastor's wife and the project director at this moment. And she didn't pass away. You can relax. But at this time, my heart was broken. And the reason is because I was in the hospital. And my dad, he didn't go to the hospital to see me. He, he just make a call and that's it. And at this moment, I started dealing with hate, angry, and I was pretty mad with my dad because uh, my question on my mind, it was why he didn't come here. And I remember I had a conversation with the project director and she said, Smyrna, we have to pray. And I have to share with you a Bible verse from the Bible. And is the Bible says you have to honor your mother and your father. That's a command that I give you. And at this moment, I couldn't understand. And she said, the Bible says that you have to honor them. The Bible, it doesn't say that you have to honor them if they are good, if they are bad. You just have to honor them. That's a command that I tell you. And at this moment, I start praying to God to, to give me the opportunity to understand what this says. And I remember also my uh, project tutor, she also prayed for me at this time. And she also shared a Bible verse from the Bible that said, even your mother and your father forsake you, God will receive you. So and she told me, God is your father. And from this moment, I start praying to God to give me the opportunity to forgive my dad. And God gave me the opportunity to show him again. And I could forgive him, thanks God. I remember I finished high school, uh, something that was pretty hard for me because I was not a good student at this time. I was a very challenging teenager, but thanks God, I finished high school. And at this moment, I went back to the, to the project director, Neil Cowell, again, with many questions on my mind because I didn't know what to do, what the next step. And I, I was asking her, like, what I'm going to do? I want to go to the university. 
Well, my mom, she doesn't have enough money to pay university, and me neither. And she says, Mira, we have a plan for you before you finish the Compassion Center. And what we are going to do is that we are going to pay English classes for you for a year, every day for hours, something that I can do right now is speak English. Uh, something that I didn't like at the beginning, but it was hard, and I made it. And thanks God, I got my English certification in the Dominican Republic. And through that English certification, I got my first job in the Dominican Republic working with Compassion Office. So with many people that was traveling to the DR, and I have the opportunity to, to meet them. And through that first job, I went to university and I graduated. I got a degree in psychology, but not also me, not just me, also my mom. I had the opportunity to help my mom to go to university and she got her master's degree in teaching. I become a teacher in the Dominican Republic. I have a six-year teaching in preschool, in a bilingual school in the Dominican Republic. Uh, God gave me the opportunity also to get married with a beautiful husband uh, called Levi. And God gave me the opportunity to have a baby son called Benjamin, who is two years old right now. Here's a little picture of him. He's two uh, right now, and he is in the DR. Uh, and some of the, the, the thing and some of the door that God has opened to me is that God gave me the opportunity also to get a certification in early stimulation, uh, which allowed me to make my own early stimulation center in the Dominican Republic in my community where I serve kids from zero month to eight years old. Here are some of the pictures how these centers looks like. And has, God has been very good to me, and that's why I'm trying to give back. I also serve in my church in the kids' ministry. I love kids. Anytime that you need me to, to be with your kids, I am able. So God put that passion in my heart, and that's something that I do right now. So thank you for, for giving me the time and the opportunity to share with you my story. But before I end, the question is right now that I want to share with you, who will be a Smyrna if she didn't have an opportunity at that time through my sponsor? We don't know. But what we know, and I'm sure, is that God had a plan for me at this time. And I'm pretty sure that God has a plan for every kid that is on the table outside of the church. So today, for example, I have this package, and her name is Manuela. She's five years old. Probably right now she's dealing with the same situation that I was dealing when I was five. But I know that God is giving you today an opportunity the, to choose a kid and to transform their life and to help them grow together. As the pastor said, you can make disciples through sponsoring a child. So thank you for your time and thank you for hearing my story. That a great story. It's, it's amazing that just, you know, one person or one family can change a life and, and multiple lives now 
through Esmirna, and we have that opportunity as well. One of the neat things um, about this opportunity is that all these children are in the Dominican Republic, and they're in the area where we go and serve. So we have um, a ministry partnership with DIO through Pathway Dominicana. We take multiple mission trips there a year. And if you feel led by God to sponsor one of these children, not only can you connect with them through these letters that she referred to, but you can know them. You can meet them. You can be in relationship with them if you go on one of these trips with us. And I think that is so important because around here, we're all about people investing in people for eternity. And it's all about those relationships. And this is a way that we can be in relationship with these, these children um, in a very real and personal way and see their lives forever changed as we are just being who we are, disciples of Jesus, living, loving and leading like him. So I'm going to invite you to pray. We're going to have some prayer ministers up here. If you'd like to come forward and receive prayer, um, you can do that. But I just want you um, to seek the Lord and just ask, God, do you want me or do you want us and our family to sponsor one of these children that you will see out on, on the table? And um, I believe he'll tell you. And for some, it's going to be yes. And for some, it'll probably be no. And that's okay. I don't want anybody to, to feel guilted or obligated. I, I just believe that if we are open to the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to do? That he will provide the means for you to do it. And so um, it should be a blessing. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us, that we would go to him now, that we have ears to hear what he wants to say to us. Let's pray. God, we do come to you just humbly, and we thank you so much for Esmirna and just the way that you changed her life forever through some family that I don't even know in North Carolina. And um, I thank you for the way that they, they cared for her, the way that they loved her, the way that they supported her and encouraged her, Lord. Um, and I pray that you would just speak to our hearts individually right now, that you would lay on our heart um, whether we're supposed to do this or not, and then you would provide the funds that are needed so that we could help to be a part of changing a life forever. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.